0: Hello and welcome to the Hiring Enablement Podcast. My name is Gavin Spears, CEO of Solutions Driven, a global recruiting partner that guarantees right first-time hiring. In today's episode, we're going to talk about how to build hiring relationships that drive hiring success. And I'm delighted to be joined by Julia Lampa. Julia, would you like to introduce yourself?
1: Thank you so much, Gavin. Hi, everyone. It's great to be here today, and I'm very happy to dive into the topic in a second. And before that, yeah, I'll try to do a little bit of a careers highlights introduction paired with what I'm probably personally passionate about. So right now I am based in Amsterdam and I moved here probably now almost two years ago and I'm working with Diageo, a fantastic purpose-led organization um, with many brands that you know we probably all know. And I moved through of various functions and roles, probably. Um, but the majority of my career I've spent in talent acquisition.
0: Thank you for that, and a really, <laughs> a really exciting and interesting career uh, so far. Uh, and I guess a lot of that will lead into the, the topic we're, we're discussing uh, today as well. So I think just doing that, I mean, I think we, I mentioned at the start, today's about how, how do we build hiring relationships? that really drive hiring success. And I know this is a topic that you are very, you know, passionate in and also knowledgeable in. And, and maybe just jumping in, you know, my, my first idea I was keen to talk about was in your experience or, or your insights, how do you think the role of hiring managers will evolve in the future? And also, how do you think HR and TE leaders, you know, can prepare hiring managers to stay ahead of that in ensuring that they are attracting top talent and ultimately driving hiring success?
1: Yeah, I think this is a brilliant question, and I thought about that a lot throughout my career anyway, but I think my natural response, especially given my last role in strategic sourcing and, you know, technology and tools, I would definitely say one of the most impactful things is technology. I mean, of course, at the forefront is communication and relationship building, um, but I think technology really is here to enhance not only the knowledge of hiring managers, but you know, to really establish, you know the relationship between hiring managers and recruitment and really just perfection it, probably the experience that everyone is going through. So I would probably say it's AI driven recruitment tools. And before I go into the detail here, I think one thing is quite important because I hear that a lot from hiring managers, and even more so from talent acquisition experts is, the worry about AI replacing their job at some point. And I I absolutely get where this is coming from, but also I couldn't disagree with this more because AI Mm -hmm. technology, especially in recruitment. And I speak from a lot of experience because especially in my old role, I was doing a lot of technology launching and enablement and engagement. AI really, especially in recruitment, is here to lift off a lot of the weight of our shoulders. And when I speak about us, then I really talk about all the amazing recruitment experts out there. So it's really here to help us not only manage our work more efficiently, but also just to remove all the bias from the process that you know, now. I mean, all of us have unconscious bias if we want to or not, but AI is just such an incredible tool to help us, you know, really start clean in a process. I think if maybe as one example, when we think about recruitment and when we think about the start of a process between hiring managers and recruitment, I mean, the one thing that we all start with is like a kickoff briefing and maybe the job ad in the description. So, you know, there are so many AI tools out there now that can really help to you know, shape the language that your job ad is as inclusive as it can be. And that ultimately, when you think about the long process, at the end of the day, every business will benefit from that. Because if you have an inclusive job ad, it's not only the right thing to do, but you will really make sure that you speak to everyone. And one of the examples that I still look back on are simple words. Like if you work in corporate, I think the word stakeholder is just such a common thing. Like we Mm -hmm. all know what it means and you wouldn't probably think about that twice. But when I think about the experience I had with an AI tool lately that actually helps you to improve your inclusivity of job job ads is that stakeholder is not a very inclusive word. It's really, it's, it's corporate cliche. So whilst on Mm -hmm. corporate, you know. What it is, maybe someone who's just starting their career or have worked in very different businesses out there doesn't even know what this is. This is such mm-hmm. a small thing. You wouldn't think about it twice, but it actually has quite a big impact. Mm-hmm. And I feel like with all the, this knowledge that you're building, especially in recruitment, and you give that knowledge to your hiring managers, that not only builds trust, but like the business really respects you for knowing all these things and like you have a really broad impact. So that definitely enhances the relationship. It sets everyone up for success. And that is just such a small example of Mm -hmm. such a tiny thing that has a massive impact. And there are so many other AI tools and AI techniques that you can really drive success with. So, yeah, I think our role in recruitment surely is to own that at UK everyone around us and really have the privilege also to do that. And I know that, you know, not for every organization, you know, there are massive budgets for all these incredible AI recruitment tools, um, but also there are so many great things out there for free that you can leverage and just enhance that, you know, bring that innovation perspective probably to the work you're doing. And by that, really, you know, just enhancing your knowledge and building that trust and that relationship muscle with with the business because ultimately that's you know we all have the same goal right we're all working Absolutely. towards the same mission so Absolutely. yeah I, I would probably say if you ask me about the most impactful thing it, it surely is ai <laughs> gotta say that an in innovation but it's you know not ai is not the only innovative thing probably we yeah. can do but definitely i think it can really help you to like streamline the hiring process assist you in cv screening talent or skill matching even conduct probably initial interviews. So it saves you a lot of time. Again, thinking about bias also, technology can Mm -hmm. be great there to enhance that. And, you know, really just helps us in recruitment, I think, focus on our superpower, which is like the human connection. Um, So AI is definitely not going to take away our jobs, but it really is just there to help us support us and make us even better.
0: We, we talk about the blend of the art and the science. I mean, there's no doubt that you know the the AI, the science, the technology is improving. But you're right. I mean, that that engagement, you know, the the art of influencing, etc., is is important as well. I mean, I yeah. think I think that the point that you make there around you know the the word stakeholders as an example. I think you know there's there's many hiring managers that know what they're looking for, but we also can't forget that they may um, may not be experts in hiring you know, and going through yeah. that process. So, you know, the education is key. Maybe just picking up on that. I mean, in your experience, you know, taking the, the kind of expectations through a process, and, and that's both hiring managers as well as candidates. What's your, your approach or your strategy to effectively manage that hiring manager and candidate expectations, making sure that there's no disconnects, you know, from that initial engagement to, you know, when the when the candidate becomes an employee?
1: Yeah. I would probably say my natural response to this is, um, at least from my experience and how I, you know, where I get my energy from and where I feel like the most successful examples came out of is probably comes all down to communication. And it sounds so simple, but actually it is not. I believe that if you adapt a customer-centric mindset, so really yeah. treating your talent pipelines, hiring managers, and business partners like valuable customers. I think that's the first, you know, the first thing to success. Because um, mm-hmm. if you adapt that mindset, then you really care about the experience that everyone is going through. I mean, empathy for sure is one skill that you know you have to bring to the table. So really ensure you put yourself. In their shoes, like exercise, you know that muscle is very important. And I've always approached this with a focus on communication. To be honest, so it's all about being visible, you know, not overloading people, but having a well thought out plan and structure. At least for me, has you know proven to be very successful. And I feel like that's how you build trust and credibility. Just similar to what I just said on AI, I feel you know, you are the expert in talent acquisition, even early on in your career. Of course, you're still learning, you will never, you know, have it all figured out. But you really yeah. know what you're talking about. And I believe that's what the business and hiring managers expect from you as well. And yeah. they're the experts in their area. And that is so great. And then mm-hmm. you come with your superpower in talent acquisition and just imagine like the magic you can create together. So I feel if you're very visible and You know have a clear communication plan and like have the hiring process in a way planned out of course it's not Mm -hmm. just all about the structure in black and white but just you know having that consistency is probably um what at the end of the day people will thank you and remember you for actually because Mm -hmm. you deliver what you promised and i also think combined with like a proper communication strategy and a planned out process having data at your fingertips to really back up your advice and guidance is just very crucial and of course paired like with emotional intelligence also plays a very big role and i think especially you know when you work with commercial leaders and also speaking from experience there um your superpower really is knowing your data and there are yeah. so many incredible tools coming back to recruitment tools um out there that can really help you to build the strategy around it. If you're starting a new hiring project, for example, you can really, you know, do a little bit of, you know, insights digging and really just finding out. So this is what we want as a business. Like this is what we're trying to hire. And this is the location we've mapped down, but is that really, is that going to be successful? Like the data you can even probably with tools that are for free at this stage, like you can find out. Whether at the end of the day, what you are discussing with your hiring manager is going to be exists. A, A exists. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, very, very good point. A exists, and mm. um, and also around managing expectations, because especially now when you know when we think about. know, we all want to be inclusive, we all want to have a diverse workforce, because it's not only the right thing to do, but you know, this is going to, you know, really make your business successful. So, Mm -hmm. you know, if you are very, if you have like a very fixed mindset on certain locations, you know, or certain experience, like a set of experience, then you're not just not going to be successful. But if you have that data, and you have that, you know, credibility with your hiring manager, you can really or you should really, you know, feel comfortable to challenge that ultimately to drive the best results. So I feel like knowing your data is kind of, you know, together with a great plan a right communication and, and hiring plan is probably the thing that will make it, that will make it most successful.
0: One of the things we've talked internally recently and one of the team in solutions driven, Alan, talks about, you know, the right data drives the right process and yep. the right process drives the right results. And, and I think, you know, getting that, you're you're absolutely spot on. I couldn't agree more. Just taking taking the communication yeah. element, and you may you may have covered this already, but you know, in terms of um getting that collaboration across hiring teams, across departments, across external partners, you know, how do you how do you drive and, and foster collaboration to really enhance that that process and you've, you've alluded to you know the communication element but anything around cross departments or external partners that that would be you know benefit to
1: yeah I think that connects well with what we've just discussed in terms of communication so to mm-hmm. me collaboration is all about communication yeah. it's about giving every voice a chance to be heard almost mm-hmm. so when you think about recruitment it's I believe it's easy to just picture the recruiter as the lone hero, like juggling an endless job job description and like a mountain of tasks, which to be fair, is true. They are superheroes. They're doing an incredible job, but I would say that's far from the whole story. So Mm -hmm. it's definitely part of it, but I also think there is a lot of stigma around the job of recruiters, especially agency recruiters, to be honest, Mm -hmm. which... I feel so far from the reality and so far from what it really is. So I think, or maybe think of it in this way, is that in our world, like people really crave radical personalization. Like if we again come back to the thinking of candidates and hiring managers and that whole recruitment business as customer focused, mm-hmm. I feel like the the one thing we can do is really move into personalization and and make it all about the experience like make it all very individual so i feel if you infuse that into every recruitment strategy and every job you're overseeing use the fantastic tools that you have available whether they are big or small and whether they are Mm -hmm. free or you pay for them i feel like they really help you to bring that to life and really ensure that the collaboration theme between all the different functions that you're working with because again Mm -hmm as a recruiter, you're not just doing your thing. Like you have so many different partners that you're working with. And at the end of the day, you're in the phase of the company you work for. Also, you have that sales element, like you really want to, you know, close it off and you really want to match the job with, the most amazing talent out there, and it is quite a big competition. It is a talent market still. So um, I feel like if you connect all these dots, then ultimately the result is fantastic collaboration, bringing it back to building your credibility, knowing what you talk about, have the data ready, especially when you work with commercial businesses but not even just with commercial i think every function out there appreciates a good data story and it just helps you to, helps you to drive you know a, a really clear decision and you know thinking or talking again about unconscious bias if you don't have ai tools that can help you with it like you've really got to educate yourself around it and build that muscle in terms of you know being as inclusive as as you can be but also you know, that will just help you to find the right people and potentially move into the space where um you prioritize skills over yeah. you know experience. experience. I think that's yeah. that's what we've done for a very long time. And I feel like that's like music of the past we should probably now if you're not already doing this think about a skills first approach but also that requires a lot of credibility within your organization so that people really listen to you and listen to your advice and guidance because you know a lot of traditional hiring managers are still very focused on ideally, i just get someone who has done the same job for maybe five years and now they just want like a fresh start maybe starting in a new organization and they probably will fly in the first few months because they're so known to what they're doing but then very quickly on in the experience of that person of that talent potentially and they get bored and they want something else so if you think about the skills first approach I feel like definitely like everyone wins the person who starts a new job maybe something new but they do bring that skill set to really make it successful and really Make it theirs Mm -hmm. and versus the hiring managers that have, you know, that element of allowing people to grow and, you know, see people potentially from a different environment also fly. I think that's probably very rewarding and just, you know, fosters that collaboration between everyone.
0: That is a great point. I mean, I listened to a presentation recently on skills first hiring and one of the stats was, I mean, clearly, you know, that the talent shortages are only going to get worse, you know, based on predictions. And um, if you do skills first hiring correctly, you could, you know, up to 10x your talent pool in terms of, you know, available, available talent, which was really interesting. The other thing I heard recently, which was also interesting around this was, you know, that the hiring manager who, to your point, is looking for, you know, the same sector experience, the same product experience, you know, and, and really, you know, a, a carbon copy of them, you know, when they first started in their role, they probably didn't have all the experience they were looking for for the role that they're now hiring for. So it's just, it's it's, it's, it's education, you know. And, and now leading yeah. on to that, I mean, I think you've covered this again, but just to, to ask specifically, there's no doubt, you know, many organisations are keen to be more diverse But also many are struggling to really embed that, you know, um, diversity into their talent pipelines, you know, make sure that they are, you know, getting the the right diversity through the process. In in your experience, what what other, you know, Skills First Hiring is is excellent, no doubt, but is there any other approaches that you think HR and T leaders can can incorporate into the process to really support that diversity in in the talent pipeline?
1: So many thoughts, to be honest, I would, Mm -hmm. I mean, could probably talk about that for hours, but um, I do believe that everyone in the organization has a massive role to play here. And when we Mm -hmm. think about hiring specifically, then talent acquisition definitely, you know, has the power and, and needs to take the lead to like their lead role to equip hiring managers and you know business partners not only with the necessary here we go again AI and data driven mm-hmm. skills um but also I would say a deep understanding of emotional intelligence to really ensure you know that their teams are inclusive and that candidates from diverse backgrounds are welcomed and valued. And um, but that's mm-hmm. you know you I think a lot of organizations talk about D and I, then there are others who talk about I and D. And I yeah. feel and, and how we position that as well is you got to put the eye first because if you don't have an yeah. inclusive organization how and then you're so excited about you know getting diverse perspectives in which is absolutely the right thing to do you don't want to recruit mini-me's like that's definitely not going it, yeah. it will probably make your your job very comfortable because you have a lot of agreement but it is not the right thing to do so i feel you know that is definitely something um, everyone just has to be passionate about and really educate mm-hmm. their self themselves on. So have an inclusive culture first, and that's all. Uh, that's a journey, and it can be painful at times because you need to do a lot of reflection. And um, leaders need to do that as much as you know the whole workforce um, really need to mm-hmm. reflect on buyers potentially and and whether their organization is set up for that inclusive you know culture and environment and then think about so data how yeah. our organization looks like and um, do an analysis um, of course so data plays a big role but also at the end of the day again it's a lot about emotional intelligence and not only because you know it's proven that diverse team are more diverse teams are more successful obviously we've seen all the you know statistics and you know data around it which is fantastic but again I think emotions, collaboration, um, the urge to do something new, to hear everyone, to hear all the voices around, and not just focusing on a, a certain group potentially, and it, and you know thinking about innovation here could also play a big part um, in the mm-hmm. whole R and D strategy of companies. Because at the end of the day, I feel like especially when we think about the different generations we have in the workforce. Yeah. Speaking for my generation, um, our generation, probably um, the millennials, you know, it's just, we're very purpose-led and value-led. And if I think about Gen Z that is about to take over, I think by 2030, around 30% of yeah. the workforce is going to be Gen Z. So think about that. Um, mm-hmm. So D is not something that you know, you think of, oh, am I prioritizing it this year? Well, maybe not. Let's keep it for next. That's yeah. just not that's that's just not what you do, right? Like I and D should be part of everything you do, whether it's hiring, I mean, that has to be at the forefront. Yeah. But in everything you do as an organization, like that should be your that should be your philosophy, that should be your culture. Um, because mm-hmm. otherwise you will really struggle at some point, yeah. like attracting the, you know, the talent that you need, the skills that you need, because you know, that new generation and, you know, our generation is just not, you know, not taking that anymore, right? right? And I feel that's incredible. Like, that's mm-hmm. that's what we want to see. We want to see that change. Everyone has to educate themselves around it. It's not something that you can just ignore um, or think about whether you want to do it. I always find it funny when people or organizations say that. So, yeah, we will, you know, think about that maybe next year. It's just not, that's just not where we are anymore. And I love it.
0: Yeah, I agree. And almost, you know, if you look at the last three, four years, all of the things that were nice to have for organisations and we'll get to it have become must-haves, you know, just yeah. around, you know, the, the candidate value proposition, how candidates make choices, you know, I, I agree with you, you know, it's, and and the 30%, you know, or 2030 is is it's, it's a big start, but it's also great, you know, because, again, it's going to drive, you know, the, the right change. I mean, maybe just on that, you know, I mean, there's no doubt, you know, we work with a lot of hiring managers and, you know, some really probably underestimate how much hiring has changed, you know, they're yeah. probably still using job specs they used five years ago, asking questions they used six years ago, you know, yeah. but, but in, in your experience, um, you know, I, I know you're passionate about the kind of personal branding element yeah. from, from a hiring manager, but how do you think again, you know, HR or TE leaders can really encourage hiring managers to, you know, hire like it was 2023, you know, rather than maybe <laughs> 20, 2010?
1: Yeah, that is a very good one. And you just mentioned it in terms of personal branding, which actually I believe plays a very, very big part in this whole story. So starting off with personal branding, if I may. Um, I think like a lot of hiring managers, you know, think about personal branding um, as like elusive, mysterious thing. Um, And I mean, the first response I have to that when I talk to maybe more traditional hiring managers across, you know, different organizations. I always tell them that, you know, their superhero identity, that's pretty much their personal brand and it's given to you at birth. Well, almost. And so all they have to do is, or every one of us, is just put in a little effort, first of all, to really discover and unlock it, like find out what is it, like what are people thinking about me, how do I come across and um, what's my superpower? I mean, you could probably find that out yourself, but having that external check is probably the first thing people need to do. And, you know, again, it's as easy as just having a chat with people around us and um, listening how they would describe us and, and really finding out what makes you, you, I feel like that's That's probably, you know, if you have that defined, that's the starting point um, if we think about personal branding. And the second, in terms of branding, um, when we think about it in a hiring perspective and talking about the importance of why we talk about personal branding in this context is, you know, there are a lot of, especially again, when we think about more of the traditional hiring managers and hiring strategies, I think there are a lot of LinkedIn or social network skeptics, especially our seasoned professionals, I would say, very yeah. experienced, very much, you know, involved in their day-to-day job, maybe not hiring that often, which actually yeah. is a good sign, meaning that, you know, they are absolutely attracting the right people and, you know, talent moves when they're ready to move, which is fantastic. But but I would definitely say LinkedIn, especially as a tool, we all know that it's just not yeah. a trend anymore. It's just a must have in hiring yeah. um, or in the modern job market even. So if you want to attract the best talent you really got to show them you know what they'll get if they join the team and especially as a hiring manager i mean people will research the company obviously it's what we all do but on top of that for many years now you will know who heads up that team or who will potentially be your manager and you know linkedin is just such a fantastic place for that because you have all the opportunities to Showcase what you care about, really ensure people see, you know, your experience and, you know, the things that, you know, you're really passionate about again. I mean, just talking about LinkedIn as an example, there might be different platforms depending on the type of skill set you're, you know, you want to attract or um, the type of person you're looking for. There are millions of opportunities just calling out LinkedIn probably as the one that, you know, there are a lot of skeptics around and um, the most powerful one probably. And I think just to add to that sentence where, um, you know, people research the company that they're applying to or that they have been approached from, you know, there's the saying, I and mean, don't quote me on it, but, you know, people don't quit the organization, but they quit their yeah. manager. Yeah. And I feel like, especially in recruitment, it's the other way around. Like people mm-hmm. absolutely are in the position to choose who they want to work for because it just has such a massive impact on their day-to-day life.
0: Absolutely. Um,
1: Especially when I think about the Gen Z generation that is, you know, here, but, you know, even going to be more representative in 2030. So if you want to be a very collaborative hiring partner, again, talking about collaboration, then the one thing you have to do is get your game up and really work on your personal branding. Yeah, and again, absolutely. this doesn't have to be a marketing strategy. It's as simple as asking yourself what you represent and what you stand for, because that ultimately attracts not you know the same version of yourself, out there, but it definitely attracts the people that share that passion and then bring potentially even a different skill set um, to your organization. So mm-hmm. this is, and again, you know, of course, this is not just a one person job. Well, the one person job is caring about your personal brand, that for sure. But at the end of the day, again, talking about collaboration, we all work towards the same mission. I feel sometimes mm-hmm. that's being overlooked in the whole hiring process because everyone has very clear expectations of what recruitment does, what HR does. Um, You know, when you think about it, an agency context, you have the customer. So I think every, yeah. you know, the expectations are kind of in silos where at the end of the day, you all work towards the same mission. And I feel like that's the one thing sometimes in a recruitment process, especially where it gets challenging, you always have to take a step back and you know think about the goal that you all have in common. And yeah. that's basically hiring the most amazing people out there and the yeah. most diverse people. Great amazing skill sets that, you know, are probably still in the making, thinking about digital, COVID has has disrupted so much. So I think we're all hiring towards the same pool of people. So that's yeah. where it gets challenging. So mm-hmm. therefore, thinking about personal branding is probably more relevant than ever, because at the end yes. of the day, I've mentioned it earlier, people crave personal, um, you know, personalization. So Mm -hmm. it's not about mass communication. It's not about, you know, mass jobs out there. It's really about how are you different than all the other millions of organizations out there. And probably they're very similar in a way. Of course, you know, the purpose is really what I feel, especially the new generation is very focused about benefits every, everything but you yeah. the one thing i think that hiring managers have the power of is you know what they stand for personally so, so and so. you know the the style they represent um yeah. and i feel there are definitely there's definitely an ask for hiring managers out there to educate themselves and not just think recruitment is a one-off thing like you go into the yeah, process absolutely. and then you're good like you yeah. hire someone and then you. that's where you continue to have to put the effort in some weeks ago i read something about like empathy is the most sought after leadership skill these days mm-hmm. and i think that couldn't be more accurate like mm-hmm. if, if that's yeah. what you represent as a leader you can only win with all the yeah. generations out there but obviously yeah. gen-, gen z is on the rising so
0: mm-hmm.
1: um yeah excellent gotta yeah, get the game up
0: absolutely i read something recently that said socially visible hiring managers have i think it was a three times higher chance there you go of of you know engaging talent. And you know, there's no doubt, you know, we work with visible and invisible hiring managers, you know, from a yeah. from a social point of view. Um yeah. and, and I think the other thing we say a lot is you know, when we're speaking to a hiring manager and they're saying, you know, well, you know, I, I don't feel comfortable maybe doing a video or I don't want to do this, we, we talk about well. Would, would you work for you right you know so you know if, yeah. if you were going that. through a process would you would you work for you and and what you've said yeah. there is, is, is spot on this has been absolutely excellent Julie I mean I think bringing it to, to a close one of my, my last areas was around you know you've had a really interesting TA and HR career Um, you know what would be your to the other podcast listeners what would be your biggest learning throughout your career and any advice that you would share with other peers yeah oh
1: I I definitely um, have something to say around that. I just wanted to add one more thing to our previous questions around mm-hmm. how do you make a difference in terms of hiring in 2003 and maybe hiring today? Yeah. The one thing I missed off that I, the, and the point that I really want to get across because I feel that's probably the one thing that will definitely make a massive impact as well is not only consistency, but also your communication style and yeah. position it, pr- positioning it probably more on the positive side side and not make it about Mm -hmm. fear because i think in the past you know when we think about interviews like we're in 23 and not the 80s anymore like don't get me Mm -hmm. wrong absolutely love that you know the face the music the the styles but i think Mm -hmm. you know no one wants to be put through fear or stress-based interviews anymore like that phase is over and if there are hiring managers out there who still believe like that's the tactic to Pressure test people, and then you know, people walk out of these interviews are absolutely stressed and disengaged and frustrated, teared up. I mean, don't get me wrong, been through that, and then they get a call a day later to say, Congratulations, you've been so fantastic, we'd love to hire you. That's not going to work. And I had a lot of examples from people who've been through that. And then yeah. said, This was the most horrific experience of my life. I'm not going to go through this. So, mm-hmm. no, thank you. I'm not taking that job. So, yeah. you know, that's just the company under more pressure, then. <laughs> exactly. Like, yes. Yeah, so. That's not going to work out. So, I feel <laughs> again, coming back to empathy. That's what yeah. you got to do. Like, think about the opportunity, the positive things. That's yeah. how you're going to make a difference. Again, connecting with personal branding, connecting with collaboration, everything we've talked about today—that's mm-hmm. your superpower. Like, have a positive impact on people. Yeah. That's, I think, across all the generations. That's what we want to see. Positive.
0: Absolutely. And I so just want to underestimate well. that. Yeah. No, I, I totally yeah. agree. Yeah. Um, super. And and anything else on the on the kind of learnings or or advice you know, I mean, you've given a lot of good advice today for for sure, but anything else you would like to share?
1: Yes, 100%. So let me finish off with that. I think the one thing, um, speaking for myself, of course, and it's different for everyone, I think looking back at my career now, I think my biggest learning is that it's okay to not have an end destination to find early on in your career or even now. Um, Maybe never. I don't know. Especially, I think, the early covid phase has finally made that more acceptable especially in corporate like usually you know you're you're being asked to create your career plan and you know have it all planned out and i think for many people that works well but and i've also tried to do that um and tried to imagine where i might, might want to be in 5 to 10 years but i think covid had just disrupted that so much that now i feel i'm more comfortable with not having it all planned out because yeah. If you would have asked me five years ago where I would see myself, well, certainly not in HR innovation because five years ago, that function, I mean, it it barely exists now in organizations. I feel I'm very lucky to have the opportunity to work in this field because it's still very new, especially if you think about innovation in an HR context. So, I mean, you know, and, and that just proved my point in terms of it's good to remain flexible, like always keep one door open and just Mm -hmm. you know you will figure it out but of course Mm -hmm. that confidence you don't have early on in your career so i feel that's definitely one learning um, that i'm very passionate about and that i feel Mm -hmm. like now you know almost you know with more than 10 years of experience i can i can say it's definitely or has definitely worked out for me might not work out for everyone but i'm definitely um staying open and Mm -hmm. flexible and i would also say connecting with what i said earlier And throughout my experience, I feel like one of my strengths is definitely around being very empathic and that has Mm -hmm. definitely helped me throughout my career, like really trying to understand where different, you know, perspectives are coming from and fostering, Mm -hmm. you know, that inclusive environment, really ensuring that everyone has the chance to speak up their mind. And also for me, learning not only to set boundaries in ways, but really if you don't say something, then you can't be heard. So that for me is definitely something I've learned to really, in the right moments, speak up. And, oh, yeah. you know, magic can happen from that. So I feel mm-hmm. definitely flexibility, keeping an open mind, um, and, you know, exercising that empathy muscle has definitely helped me in my career. Yeah. And who knows where, you know, it's going to take me, but I'm definitely, definitely. staying open-minded
0: fantastic i mean really a, a phenomenal discussion we really enjoyed the the insights that you've shared um you know so much passion and energy about what you're doing but a lot of real Kind of interesting thought processes around, you know, what you're doing in the current role, you're, you know, how you get that collaboration, communication. Really, really interesting. So I think from from my side, you know, thanks to the listeners. I hope you've enjoyed this session. I certainly have. If there's any other topics that you would like me to discuss in future, please do let me know. Um, but most importantly, thanks to Julia for her time and, and her insights. It's, it's been great to speak to you.
1: Thank you so much. It was a pleasure. Great.
0: Thanks, Julia. You're
1: all right.